Wow! It's Wednesday? Again? Mm-hmm. Again. Uh, but I've lost track of how many days at this point, so. Oh, quarantine? Happy yeah. Wednesday! Yeah, Happy Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This is Rachel Vote. I'm so excited that y'all are here with us today. Uh, and I'm here with my best friend, Anderson. Hi! And um, we are excited. Now, well, before we even go into the things like we know, I, I don't know why I always do that. I can't get into the habit of plugging my own business. Like, it's just, it's not natural. Mm-hmm. But you can tell people where to find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook at Photos with Anderson. Also join my private group for women 18 or older. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. Oh, or hey. just friend request me. I'm so glad that you said that. I actually have a client of mine that um, wants to do a session. And she's yeah. like, should I mes- message her? I said, I'll see her today. Yeah. So I'll make sure to tell me about that. Remind me about that after this. We'll do, we'll do. So fantastic. Um, yes, 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 yes. We also have the Beginner's Guide to Wellness on Facebook, which is 100% free if you are looking for a safe space to grow your personal development. Uh, if you are looking for vulnerability, if you're looking for other women's journeys and stories, somebody to connect to or with, I should say, I highly recommend getting your tush in there. It's really great. Uh, your mom's about to like be able to like, do you see, I asked her if she want to run a marathon soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just kidding. So you can tell her that too. Uh, anyway, so we've got that fantastic group. We also have just a regular Facebook page you want to follow along. Tomorrow we're doing our next live is Cooking with Tone's Kitchen. I'm pretty sure we're making cookies, actually. So, yeah, and they're like no sugar added as well. So, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, And the private group, 18 years or older, feminine energy, if you want to be a part of that. There's a lot of sexual wellness and intimacy building happening over there. Online party happening at the end of the month, too. So, if you'd like to see some new stuff, if you want to get your uh, sexual information brushed up on, now's a good time to do that when you're close-knit quarters with people hopefully you enjoy that would be cool cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. yeah all right um vote for parties on instagram and check out my story where i continue to misspell things it's great all right so what we decided to do is a kind of four four part series um potentially five it just depends on how we run into time uh so this this doesn't have a direct correlation but one of the girls in my organization the other day messaged me and told me that it was national masturbation month mm-hmm. and i am just the absolute worst with any of those types of things i don't know why i forgot well i didn't really forget but i didn't make a big deal about may the 4th oh I, yeah everybody does mm-hmm. cinco de mayo even yeah. <laughs> i didn't even know it was cinco de mayo until it was like the day of so i don't know why um I don't uh, or can't, but I am appreciative of other people that can find a really cool day to celebrate for sure. There's always something to celebrate, but this is a whole month long. (laughs) So um, get on it if you need to. But what we're going to talk about this month is just, I mean, I guess it does fall in line because I I would argue that you definitely need to have some self-love in your life to be able to partake in the series and finish strong. <laughs> Good. I haven't even told you what it is, but you get the joke. I know you're laughing. Um, if you are looking to have the best sex of your life, our podcast that we did about cannabis and sex was our number one rated podcast. It still is to this date. So I told Jess last week, I'm like, well, we should, I mean, sex sells. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's not why we're doing it is for like any type of sensationalism. Um, because we still have people listening to the podcast. And again, don't forget to share because it's a fact. It makes you pretty. It's also because we are two women in Midwest Nebraska. Okay. Uh, well, we're not in the Midwest of Nebraska, but both of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's going to find us unless you're telling them that you're having a good time listening to us, especially if you feel like you're getting something from it. Um, so make sure that you slide into somebody's DMs and forward this over. It's on several different platforms. So, and always free, FYI. So today, talking about how to have the best sex of your life. 
Okay, and uh, there is absolutely no way we can squeeze this into one podcast. But um, what I was saying earlier before my squirrel moment, as usual, is that our cannabis and sex podcast, that was the number one. And I, I truly believe that the reason we need to talk about it is not because, again, sex sells. I think it's more so because you're listening because there's something you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have nothing to sell in this conversation. So it's definitely going to be a synergetic relationship in my opinion. Um, I encourage you to, you know, share an earbud with a partner if you need to, as we go through this, because what we talk about is not going to be specific to feminine energy. No. And more importantly, it's probably more necessary for masculine energy to go through these, these topics and conversations and exercises we're going to talk about today, but it's going to take a lot more coaxing and loving from the masculine side because because it's, in my opinion, it's because of how society is painted yeah. masculine energy and in I, relationship. I, yeah, I always try to dig into the emotional side of it because it's like, it's not that men don't have emotions, but they, they're just not, they're definitely not encouraged to feel them. They're not encouraged them. to explore them. Definitely not to show them. But it's, but it's on the flip side, it's like, but they do, right? Because they, they, they're, they're, they're known as angry, stern, like, or that's kind of, you know, the cliche things. So it's, it's like they don't know how to direct their energy or recognize where that emotion's the true root of it, mm-hmm. right? Is that maybe what I'm, I, that's what I, I and then that, all I'm saying is that I just think that men are harder to get to. Um, but I mean, I am just too lucky because I know that my husband is way more emotionally aware than a lot of people mm-hmm. um, in general, not men in general. And I, I secretly think that he's a hippie and he just doesn't want to talk about it because <laughs> he is. He's just so, he has he's, more awareness than I do. He's hung up on the title hippie. I think he, so. He lives a hippie lifestyle. He I think does. so. Oh yeah. I, make it over. <laughs> um, I forgot. This is something I wanted to talk about uh, in a work suit. Huh, you're like, what? Okay. I'm just like having a Seinfeld, <laughs> Seinfeld moment here. Okay. So anyway, I'll talk about that later. But um, no, I agree. I think that in, in, and in all honesty, like when I saw it, it in him, like early in our relationship, I would have never been like, that's personal development. That's, you know, I, to me it was intelligence. That's mm-hmm. all I ever saw in was intelligence. So, um, I, I find myself fortunate because I obviously had a partner who was through it before I was mm-hmm. and a guy. So, um, my uphill battle was, I mean, it was difficult, but I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. It, it was a little bit different because there's definitely things that I still wish that he would know or things that I wish he'll, he'll practice. But I also think that's just because he got to where he is and he's cool. And I'm just like, how much more of a hippie can I get? Mm-hmm. So I just go farther off the deep end uh, in, in the best way possible. Yep. That's where you swim with no life raft. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I think that there's a lot of work that has to be done. Um, and even after you listen to the podcast, you're, that was a dog, by the way, <laughs> you might have to re-listen to the podcast. You might have, we know some, some of the ladies that are taking notes during the podcast. And I don't think that that's a bad thing because usually, at least for me, when it's something that is monumentally life-changing, it's, it's a process. So the first time around, I usually just listen. The second time around, I kind of delve into it. Sometimes I don't even take notes. I just like listen and process. Mm-hmm. And if I can take notes, then I'm going to take notes through it as well. But you need to go back and like, and then interpret it in whatever way it makes sense to you. Because we always say that sometimes we'll say things that will either upset people or make, even make them mad. But generally that's that inkling. That's something that you need to think about or talk to yourself about. Because mm-hmm. it, it's when not you, personal. When you get an emotional reaction out of something that someone else is saying, then that's usually an indicator that that, that topic affects you personally right. on a conscious or subconscious level. Yeah. So it's and time usually to subconscious. Yeah. That's why you snap with anger or sadness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, oh God, you just said something that was really important. Oh, cause you said, 
Oh, I don't do you know what you just said right before the emotion part of it? No. Okay. It was something about the reaction. I don't, I don't... When you have a reaction to something someone else says, it's usually an indicator that... Yeah, that's what... It, perfect. Thank you so much. Um, the, the word I think of is trigger, but I think that trigger is too traumatic. Yeah. And... Well, it, to me, trigger is, is traumatic because of the way society has used yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. that... When you say that some something is a trigger, it's like, it means that you've been uh, offended. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. That you're like it's it's tied to racism or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, transphobia, things like that. Like right. you offended someone on that level. Them. But but a trigger is there's many grace areas. Oh yeah, there's yeah, different yeah. there's different scales of triggers, and to me, it it really a trigger is just an emotional reaction yeah. that it, that is caused by an outside source. Right, it can be on a scale of one to ten, one ten. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Okay. So the first thing that we um, decided that we should cover would be kind of you got you got to get to the root of discovering why you think what you think about sex, about intimacy, about bodies, about all of that stuff. Um, you know, and this is I think going to be really powerful because I always talk about how um, for years that I've been doing parties, you know, women would go, oh, well, I really like this information. It's fantastic, but I need my especially insert male partner, not just partner. I need my male partner to hear these things. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't get people to come to a foreplay class. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but somehow, some way, you know, finagled into the empowerment class mm -hmm. and the empowerment class was so important because people want me to do the sex class, but you can't come to an increase your sexual awareness class just like you can't come to a party and like think you're going to buy the product and it's going to change your life. Mm -hmm. You can't come and take the class, absorb the information and think you're going to go home and love sex because if you don't understand why you have hangups, if you don't understand why somebody touching you in a certain place that wouldn't most commonly be pleasurable brings you pain or an emotion that's not pleasant, it while well, could be common, not normal. So if you don't do the work to, to understand that, then you're, it's just like going to a party, buying something and never using it. It's the exact same thing. So um, the empowerment class was important because it allowed for people to tap into more than just an intimate emotion, which is obviously the most, in my opinion, probably sensitive of all of the things you need to tap into. Mm -hmm. So you need to get a really good sound grounding of who you are before you need to tackle the intimate parts of who you are. Well, it's, it's, it's like showing up to therapy and your therapist on day one giving you all the tools that you need to overcome things in your life, but you not understanding why you have to overcome them. Or like, what are, what they even are. Yeah. Like, you don't understand what trauma, like, you you might be suppressing it in your subconscious yeah, yeah, yeah. still. But, yeah, you just can't expect to show up to one class and life not be cyclical mm -hmm. in all areas. So just understanding that your sex life, your intimate life, is not just in the bedroom. It's not Correct. just what's happening there in that moment. It's your entire life leading up to that point. It's all of your outside influences, mm -hmm. all of the outside sources that have altered your perception of, of what it, being intimate or having sex means. So it's taking a step back, pausing, and realizing that from the moment you are born, you are being influenced by everything you you consume, whether it's food, whether it's you know TV, movies, articles, your friends, gossip, things that your parents tell you, your religion, you literally are just like a computer that is being hardwired by everything around you mm -hmm. and that your perception of the world and how you view being intimate with a partner, how you view how relationships are quote unquote supposed to work is a sum of everything you've consumed and everything you've been told and everything that you have 
have interpreted it to be. So it's not just the book on this is how things are. It's how you, your brain works and how you've interpreted it and how all of your life experiences have added up and equals out on the other side of the equation. Yeah, that was a great way to explain it. And what you said altered, alters your perception is so key because when you when you're through personal development you can grasp what you just said when you comprehend it on a, this is when like if you ever had any inkling of racism or fear of sexuality from it, all of that kind of shit goes out the window mm-hmm. because what you're talking about right there that's that's that on a grand scale that's yeah. global view goggles right and you can relate this as easily to something silly like the debate between do you dip your fries in your frosting or not? <laughs> yes. Right? The yeah. answer is yes, but... Yes. But the answer is no. Exactly. Right? But until I was, like, 17, I had never heard of anybody doing that. Mm-hmm. And for somebody... It, it's, it's anything. It's eating chili with cinnamon rolls. It's having a Christmas tree. It's taking your shoes off in a house. Right? I can't get over Skyline Chili from Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Like, that was terrible. On spaghetti. I've never tried yeah. it, but I can't get my It's like a northeast, northeastern type thing. I can't get over it. No, it was gross, too. I didn't even like it. But it's the things that you are exposed to. But that's your it. your perception of that's them. That's it. I was never exposed to those Correct. Things. Right. And we'd never seen chili on spaghetti. Yeah. Um, it, it, so this is true of it. And this is why when you go to a different culture, it's culture shock because yes. everything that's normal for them is bizarro to you. So you need to, first of all, you need to get it, check with yourself because if, if this is resonating or if you're like, no, I can like, I, I don't have to like people because their color is skin because they're lazy because they are robber. Are you listening to yourself? <laughs> that's a perception you have of an entire culture based on your news media experience. One particular bad experience you might have had with that person when you were very young that resonated in your brain. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So get get super, super clear on that because that's going to make you a good person. Mm-hmm. All right? And then tell everybody you know. But then now you can dial it back down to yourself because mm-hmm. um, that's where that work comes from. And yes, I mean, th- the intimate thing is... You got to remember that even if you are in a relationship right now, you you have to dial it even further back because you're going to have to get into an intimate relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, needs to be the best relationship you've ever had. And I know people hear that and it sounds incredibly cliche that you should be your best friend, but most of you right now aren't even acquaintances. You would not sit down and have a cup of tea with yourself and speak Honestly, the world. But, yeah, that too. But yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say like, you're my best friend. Like I want to see you do, you would be like. This, okay, <laughs> you didn't get up at six o'clock like you said you were gonna do. You, you, your roots are six inches long. Like, nobody's gonna, no, nobody wants to be your friend. Oh, like, are you crazy? Like, there's your monkey mind. You're having, you're having brunch with monkey mind, Instead and you, you won't do it, and you won't do it because it's too scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just had an aha moment. That book I was telling you that I'm reading, yeah, maybe it was. No, it was on NPR because Tony was listening to it in the car the other day. We were because we we're talking about it last week, right? I love Tony. It, it was a um, it was a report from some psychologist, and it was talking about people quitting smoking why you can't do it because your power of now brain is so much more powerful than your future brain Mm -hmm. and that's why you give in to the moment and what he said was no I already lost it because what we're just talking about we're talking about (laughs) too many too many squirrel jumps for me yes but something about the the psychologist who's talking about brain brain stuff the smarts I don't remember. That's the power of now versus the power of the future. Mm-hmm. So you won't even sit down and talk to yourself and be That's honest with yourself. That's what it was. Yeah, because the two sides, I mean, the, 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 there's, I always talk about there's two people within you. And that's another thing that's hard to accept. 
I was talking on a coaching call the other day. There's a person that is here, me talking to Jess. There's a person inside my brain that's going, I can't believe you keep getting squirreled on a podcast. You're supposed to be professional. Who the fuck do you think you are? You know what I mean? Yes. Because my brain's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, like, get your shit together already. And those are two two different people. Because you don't tell me that if you ask a question inside your brain, you don't, on the like, kind of lean to the left and go, I don't know, do I? Well, what are we going to do today? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Okay. Those are two different people. And uh, it's what they were talking about in that article was that nobody has the willpower to sit down with themselves and have that hard conversation. So give yourself permission to do so. I, I don't know if it's just like you feel like the universe will explode if you merge and become one. But I mean, nobody does it. Eckhart Tolle, that book I read that was so fantastic about his realization of having a subconscious and conscious mind was when he was standing on a bridge getting ready to jump. And he was saying to himself, like, I, I can't live with myself anymore. And then he, in that second, had this split where he was like, he laughed out, out loud and was like, what do I mean I can't live with myself? Like, if we're not two, I'm one person. So that that was, I was like, oh my God, that was so powerful for me. So, so know that there's two people and um, you can't, one cannot live with the other, without the other, because that monkey mind is basically your ego. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that on another podcast, like you kill ego, you kill human. So like you have to learn to live with, you have to learn to respect what that ego is trying to tell you, yes. but not control you. You have to acknowledge it and not become it. Right. What's, what insecurity are you trying to feed me right now? What, what thing haven't I healed from that I'm going to act out in anger or sadness or through drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and whatever? That's it. We're, we're, we're curing addictions today as well as welcoming to you to the best sex of your life. <laughs> this is like 30 years worth of therapy. Yeah. Right yeah. Right now Woo. in this moment, if I could, if I could get a certain person in my life to understand that when she reacts out of like instantly with anger or instantly with, with strong negative emotions, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what emotion, what problem obstacle in your life are you remembering right now that you're referring back to self-worth it's She's triggering and that that's causing you to lash out? Like it, it almost makes you stop and think that not just in the bedroom, not just with intimate moments, but in any moment in your life, if you have a knee jerk reaction that you're like, Oh God, maybe that was a little bit too much. Maybe that was a little overkill. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Stop it. When the second you realize that you overreacted or you think you overreacted, whatever, start digging deeper. What, what triggered this? What thing in the past happened that, that I became triggered with, air quotes, triggered with, that I, like, have that memory from that I remember the outcome not being so good. So I just jumped to conclusions and assumed that this outcome was going to be similar. And that's why I got angry, mad, sad, upset, whatever. So just start digging deeper because those knee-jerk reactions in my mind are your monkey mind trying to protect you the fight or flight right it's it's from feeling the emotion you felt at the moment it's your emotional muscle memory yeah that is what knee-jerk reactions are emotional muscle memory i love that if it's that's not already coined i want to get my name on it i was like that's a cool term right so yeah but think about it so when you're in the bedroom like we can talk about intimacy intimacy things now if you're in the bedroom and you know say somebody touches you in a place that sounds sexy cool awesome but then all of a sudden you start to get scared I know it's hard to do so when there's another naked body in the room, but what thing from your past have you not healed from that is giving you that emotional knee-jerk reaction, that, that 
It's pulling you back. I can't even remember the term that I just used. Was it emotional? emotional muscle memory? Muscle memory. I wrote down. I wrote down. Thank you. Thank you. Because I would have to listen back to get to that. But yeah, it's it's those situations, those times that you're feeling insecure in the now. Mm-hmm. What emotional muscle memory are you pulling from that is making you insecure about the now? Because now has never happened before. Correct. In any any position, any t- time frame in life. Now has never happened. Right. So there is no reason for you to feel insecure in this moment. You are having an emotional muscle memory reaction from some other time that was similar to it, but it was not now. It yeah. was not right now. Yeah. And that's that, to me, that's exactly right. Um, I think and in addition to that is that in the moment, as you're talking about, I know at least for me, and I think that a lot of people like you, what you're saying is like you, you, you sometimes, especially in the beginning, you just have to exert all your energy in recognizing it first. Oh yeah. Like That's this doesn't right. feel right. Well, I don't, I'm not sure. Why don't I like that touch? Like exactly. why am I, whatever it is, it's whatever it is. It's sleep aware awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we, the majority, the mass majority of us that are unhappy with our intimate lives are asleep because we haven't done the work Correct. to figure out what we need to change to have a pleasurable or fulfilling intimate. Yeah. Life. You've just accepted that you're a bored housewife. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Because most, so, most housewives get bored. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. So asleep. Yes. Then becomes the awareness. You're aware that I'm having those knee jerk reactions or those m- emotional muscle memory moments. I am. I recognize that I may have overreacted or, you know, this person was touching me. In or a loving... I, I want that to, yeah, I want to yeah. feel good, but it doesn't. I, I want to feel good, it doesn't. This person was touching me in a gentle, lovingly way, but I still had a, a, a negative reaction to it. Or, you know, this person asked me to try something new and I had a, an ugly reaction, knee jerk right away without even thinking about it, without even contemplating what the pleasurable outcome could be. I just had a knee jerk reaction. Right. So I feel like I keep mentioning like touching it could be anything in the bedroom it could be words it could be yeah. words it could be anything it could be it could be music it could yeah. be a song it could, it could be, be a smell it could be it could be a smell it could be, it could be fabric lights, lights on lights off it could be oh any, yeah lights on lights off for sure triggers yeah. in the bedroom certain types of fabric yeah that you have an emotional reaction to is an emotional muscle memory moment also uh, vibration yeah girl yeah. Mm-hmm. so that is the aware is just recognizing that you're having those muscle memory moments that you're ha- like there's no reason to feel that way now. I mean, if you're in a situation where in the now you are in danger or right. you feel uncomfortable, that this is not that. Yeah, that yeah. is in the moment, in the present, in the now, you are in an unsafe situation. Try and get yourself out of it. Right. But if you are in a safe, loving environment and there is no or reason consensually. for you, Or consensually. That's perfect. Thank you. If you are in a consensual moment and you're having those negative reactions, that's when you're in the aware. You have like, And you can recognize that you're you're overreacting or you're having a reaction that does not add up to the, the now you're having an aware moment. You're aware that something is wrong. You're yep. aware that something is not connecting the way it should. The awake is getting to the point where you can heal from your past trauma that caused that overreaction. Correct. So it's everything that we talk about in these podcasts is asleep, awake and aware or sleep, aware, awake. So it's, it's pulling back to that. So if you have been asleep, you're unhappy with whatever, and you, you don't like it, it's time to start getting aware. It's time to start paying attention to your intimate moments. It's time to start paying attention to what your partner's asking you to try, what you're asking your partner to try. What and you're it, holding yourself back from doing. Yes, what you're feeling insecure about and things like that. And I know that's really hard and I feel, I do think that you and I come from a place of privilege when it comes to our relationships. Now. Because, now, because the relationships we have now 
are both relationships that you and I both feel comfortable talking to our partners about just about anything. It might not always or be... Or text. Or text. If it's too embarrassing. Or Snapchat. Ooh, yep, yep. <laughs> um, but anything that we feel needs to be addressed within our personal relationships, we are in the the place of privilege that we know because of our personal development that we can talk to them about it. It's not always sunshines and rainbows. Never. My partner and I are not happy 100% of the time. We have bickering moments all the time, but we've, we're both in a mature mental state where we can address those issues with the other person. We don't have drag, dra- drug out, yeah. screaming matches about who left the toilet seat up. Like, right, right. You don't, you don't let the stuff build up. Yeah. Correct. We under the address mat. it. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So <clears throat> I recognize that not everyone listening to this is going to be a, in a relationship or in a healthy relationship or in a relationship that they feel confident or comfortable talking to their partner. So it's I'm taking a step back from that is asking yourself why you don't feel comfortable or confident talking to your partner. Are you in the right relationship? Do you need time to figure yourself out before you get into a relationship and then if you are ready to find a relationship it's putting yourself out there and finding the relationship like right and we'll kind of talk we'll talk about that in future podcasts about dating and finding the person that you should be with or making it work in whatever regard um so yeah it in the moment i think especially in the beginning of uh personal development you you have to give yourself a lot of grace because Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot i think it's a lot of processing after it's a lot of Oh, 100%. Yeah, this should have felt normal. Why didn't it feel normal? Yes. And again, that's on every facet. It's not just about just about physical touch. No. So yeah, make sure that you dig into that for sure. Because here's here's one of the most, I think, powerful things I learned in personal development is that when you are feeling discord, that means that currently you are not in alignment with your values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a very broad term. Like I almost always, almost always think about like spirituality type level, but values and beliefs would be that should feel good. And it doesn't, that's discord. So it's, those are the things you just want to be, you start to become more mentally aware, like Mm -hmm. actually taking stock during foreplay and, even like on your daily date, not your daily date. Well, let's hope so. Uh, but your daily interactions, yes, for sure. But date nights, and of course, when you're being physical with each other, those are things that you know. I just think that people go into such a place sometimes where it's like obligatory, or because you're upset with your partner and you never resolved anything, and now it's translating even deeper in the negative sense. So there is a lot of work that needs to be had here, and I just think that. For a lot of people, it's scary to think about. It's it's like, and I don't know. It's overwhelming. Yeah, that's a perfect word. That's exactly what it is. Um, but you have to believe us when we say that doing the work is worth it on the other side. Yeah. And, no, and understanding, I love that you brought up your empowerment class earlier because understanding that when you start to take, a, like when you start to become aware of the things going on in your intimate relationships, and we're not just talking about the bedroom, we're right. talking about your in every interaction, Paying bills. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Every interaction with your partner, with your, your spouse, whoever you're intimate with. Right. It start becoming aware in those moments, in those relationships starts to bleed everywhere else. Correct. Because you will start to realize in business, why doesn't this feel good? Why don't I feel joy anymore with whatever task I'm doing? And it's, you start to become aware in every aspect of your life. So that's kind of like when you raise the bar in one area of your life of what you what you want for yourself, what you expect, what you, whatever, what you want, you start to raise the bar one area of your life. 
the bar raises itself yep. in every other area of life. It, it's Otherwise, you will have another midlife crisis. Exactly. Because yeah. if, if things are lopsided, if, yes. you're, if you're expecting the highest of high in your intimacy, but then you don't care about your financial, physical, or um, mental health, you're going to have another breakdown because there's too much gap between your bars. Yeah, so yeah. It's, everything is nice and cyclical. I love that word. Cyclical. cyclical. Everything works together. So just, just be prepared. And it seems overwhelming. At first, but once you're actually doing it and practicing it and really Why? Because now you're practicing a new muscle. Exactly. And you're 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 flexing that muscle daily. And it's right. it is very easy. Oh, it is very easy to lose it if you don't use it in the sense of it's kind of like gymnastics. I was just talking about this with, with Joy the other night, is that you know, right now with COVID nineteen going on, all of these these high performing athletes are freaking out because they don't have access to their gyms and they have physical muscles yeah, yeah. that if they do not keep warm and do not use every day, they will start to lose their ability to do certain skills. Right. So it's understanding that this is not just something that you can do on the weekends. This is not right. just something that you can do on the first of every you're, month. You're training for an Olympic event every day. Of every your life. day of your life. So it it is overwhelming when you think of the broad scheme like I have to make a huge lifestyle change yeah. but when you think of today this is what I'm focusing on today I'm I want to become more aware of my surroundings more aware of my interactions more aware of my emotions just thinking about today just thinking about today I'm going to do this and then tomorrow you're going to think about tomorrow right but you're not going to think about tomorrow until tomorrow right you're not going to think about all of those emotions that you're having to be aware of yeah until because a confused now. mind says no so and I, I think I paralysis by analysis yes that too that too but that's i think i mean one of the most consistent things i had heard about success from my mentor was that the misconception is that you win big first yeah you never win big first even lottery winners don't (laughs) win big so or forever whatever um it comes in the little things and here's the thing is i think that a lot of people are already out there winning little things but they're just not recognizing it as a win or mm-hmm. they're not celebrating it but those are those concrete foundations that you need to be able to actually take on the next level yeah and not just because you had succeeded slightly before but because you'll be able to look back and go but i did the other thing mm-hmm. so why not this so that was really good first half because we haven't even started to talk about like where like so we get into like recognition is what we're talking about too okay so first so what you need to do for personal work here is you need to start diving back as far as you can memory wise yeah memory wise about what jess said at the beginning who talked to you about sex or lack thereof if nobody talked to you where did you learn about it did you find it in books did you find it on i mean depending on when you were born did you find it online did you find it out from your friends teachers what a trusted source what outside source influenced your perception of intimacy right so it really is how was your parents relationship or was there exactly what did you witness at home like what did they tell you like because if they didn't tell you verbally you pick up on nonverbal cues like crazy if Mm -hmm. you didn't hear mom and dad fighting but you didn't ever see them kiss or hold hands and they always gave each other the cold shoulders that's almost just as bad because Not, I mean it is because that was up. your idea exactly. This, this is how I treat people I love is by and children, ignoring them. Yeah, and children mirror Correct. and mimic their parents. So they literally you are living you are leading by example as a parent in a parent role. So you as the child you are consuming everything your parents do, yep. every move they make, everything that they see you do or don't do is what they are programming into their brain of 
this is how we act. This is how you treat people. These are right now, my problem that I'm having with my boyfriend's five-year-old daughter is that she's already assuming things. Like instead of just asking, can I have a cookie? She just goes she, out of nowhere. She'll just be like, well, I didn't do this earlier today, so I don't get a cookie tonight. And we're just like, nobody told you that. Nobody said you couldn't have a cookie. How about you? Let's try asking, may I have a cookie? So it's just programming. Like that's in her five years of life. That is what she has witnessed is that she's just already made those connections that she, she had a consequence. She had a consequence for not doing something earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's understanding that your brain works the same way as my five, my boyfriend's five-year-old daughter is your brain started making those connections from day one. I mean, I don't know, you know, what day it actually starts uh, around two. Yeah. <laughs> but those memories are, are from early on. So you have to, you have to take a step back and what's your earliest memory of, of sex, of intimacy, of relationships, movies, TV, people you admire, what did their relationships look like? I mean, I know that I don't think that they actually show it in the movie, but I remember waiting to exhale is a movie that I learned about blowjobs from. And I learned about sex from the movie Roadhouse and so I, in my mind, Roadhouse. <laughs> in my mind, male partners should always look like Patrick Swayze. And then I'm dating. I love my boyfriend and he'll never listen to this podcast. But in my mind, boyfriends look like Patrick Swayze. And that's my earliest memory. And then I'm dating a boy that looks like a string bean. But I love him to death. Okay, I really do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's those influence. It's, it's those, so important. It's that outside source that I consumed at a young age and nobody was there to tell me different. So I took Correct. it as I took it as Bible. I took it as this is the way things are, and you're not going to change my mind until somebody tells me otherwise. Somebody just rubs it. Exactly. Telling me otherwise doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Until, it just means that you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah. 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 Until you can, until you can make enough of an impression on me that my perception of the world changes. Exactly. This is how I'm going to assume the world works. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this mean, is why you should never talk to your friends about your relationships uh, unless they're in personal development because their opinions are skewed to their own experiences. They are. And they're, yeah, I could go on a whole tangent about don't talk to your friends about your relationships because their opinions are skewed to their perception of your, your partner. Yeah. So if, and you'll skew them forever. Yes. And it's one of like, sorry, squirrel brain. I want to say like 10 different things at once. But you're yeah. So when you talk to your best friends about how bad your fight was with your boyfriend, you're now poisoning their perception of your boyfriend, even though that was 1% bad, but right. if he's 99% good, all right. they're hearing about is the bad. So their perception is askew. And then they, when they give you feedback, when they give you their, their opinions of him, they're going off of what you just told them, your percept, the thing that you just changed in their perception Plus, they're adding on anything that they've perceived of your boyfriend. Yep. They're, your boyfriend wasn't in a relationship with them, so he doesn't owe them the certain kindnesses or explanations that he owes you being in a relationship with you. Now, hopefully, you're dating someone who's a decent person to everyone, but that may not be the case. They may have known him, known him before you started dating, whatever. Mm -hmm. Your like When you listen to other people's opinions about your relationship, it's skewed on their personal experiences yep. with their own life their own personal experiences with your boyfriend or your partner, and then whatever you just told them that changed their perception of that person. And that was your perception. Yeah. And only. Then, they didn't get to hear his. Exactly. Or there's your always, partner's. There's two sides to every story. And, and neither you, of them are accurate. No. <laughs> neither of them are 100% accurate. Neither of them are accurate. The other thing that my squirrel moment was, my mom growing up, and I'm sure it was the same for so many moms, 
my mom grew up thinking that every single female in my school was the devil because I would only come home and tell her the bad things. I would never come home and be like, oh, but Kelly did this for me and Susan did that for me. I would always come home and just be like, Kelly's a bitch. She did this to me. And so my mom just was afraid that I was going to school with nothing but nasty girls all the time. <laughs> but it's because you come home and vent. You come home and unload all of the bad things. But you forget to clue everybody in about the good things. Well, you didn't forget that that's how you were programmed. That was how I was programmed. Was to be negative. Was to be negative. Mm-hmm. I was programmed to be hella insecure. Oh. My parents didn't even know anything about my life. They never asked questions. And mm. I just thought that was the way it was. Mm. Um, so yes, ideas, thoughts, and values. So you might have, I mean, I think one of the most commonly referred to instances with influence when it comes to sex and intimacy is religion. Yeah. Um, and I could talk about religion all damn day and not even like, I mean, I mean, I just have so many questions that I'm like, who do you ask? Who do you ask? Because I just, I know in my heart of hearts that everybody's out there believing the same thing. They just don't know it. Mm-hmm. We're all believing in a higher power we can't see or can't explain, but we feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a lot of people, they're brought into that, so they never really had the feeling to begin with. But they just—that's the, they what they know. Yeah. Yes, that's what they know. Um, I can remember being in some activity in middle school. It was called Campus Life, and it, I didn't even know it was a religious organization. Neither did I. I wasn't in it, but I was—I was jealous of the people that were in it until I found out it was religious. Based. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. And like all of my friends were in it, so we—I we, stayed with it. And I remember being like at an overnight trip, and it was like they can't do this card. <laughs> Rachel, have you accepted Jesus in your life? Yes or no? And I'm like, if I say no, are they going to pull me into a room and like <laughs> try to beat Jesus into me? So I just like, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're all believing the same thing. But it is crazy, crazy, crazy to me that here's my short, short stance on anything history related, not even just religion. Okay. We're all taking the word of a word of a word of a word of a word of somebody. Exactly. You don't know where the pure source came from. You don't know how accurate it is. You don't know how old it is. And it goes back to the same damn thing. You really think that God and Jesus aren't having conversations and their perspectives are different because they're two different people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever you believe. It's just, it's, you can substitute any two names there. Adam and Eve. I don't even care. Noah and his ark. I don't care. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. But everything is, everything is skewed. There, I mean, Unless I know. Unless you were there when it happened. Right. You're taking the word of something, like, you're taking the word of Even if person. it's written in a book. Yes. You're taking the word of other people as being 100% true. And no matter what religion you come from, no matter what, I mean, I mean, I'm going to say it, science books too. Unless oh, you yeah. physically are are capable of being there when it happens, witnessing it with your own eyes. Or, or being intelligent. Physical proof to show. Physical proof to show. You're taking the word of other people as fact. And the problem that I had, my background with religion is that I was forced into it by mm-hmm. my parents. Mm-hmm. And then I was in a church setting where I had to, um, I had to type up my faith statement to kind of graduate <laughs> yes. from, from, um, I can't remember right now what confirmation. it's Confirmation? Confirmation classes. Yes. So yeah. at the end of confirmation classes that lasted years, okay, I had to write a faith statement and I had to, uh, I had to give it in front of like basically the board of the church, the elders of the church, whatever. And my faith statement clearly stated, I believe that the Bible was written by a bunch of guys getting high in a back room somewhere and that it was so popular at the time that it spread like wildfire and people just ran with it. So at the time I was an edgy, like want to fight back and stick it to the man kind of teenager. But really the idea behind that still sticks. It might not, they might not have been smoking pot in a back room somewhere, but at the time there, there was this, I don't want to call it a story because I don't want to say it's not true, but something happened 
someone told somebody else. It was like a game of telephone. Yeah. And now all of these sub stories have happened. And I don't know if it really happened because I wasn't there. So that, that's how you end up with different religions. Yes. Because I didn't like what you said about that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to copy everything else and change the one thing I didn't like. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't I don't say that to stir pots. I say that because I what I wish I knew to be true about re- organized religion was that you started off basically with a clean slate. And it was like, here are some things we think. And I'm sure this is what the idea is, right? Here's some things we think, but we, we would like for you to think the same. Mm-hmm. However, it'd be great if you formed your own opinions. And as long as you were a great human being, keep coming back. Yeah. And I believe, I'm sure there's lots of places out there that are like that. But there's also a lot of places out there that are not. So dig deep. And what, and here's the thing. I think why I went off on this tangent about religion is because what your good book should say is that if it feels good and you're consenting, it's okay. And it's not hurting someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You should add that one in there. If it feels good, you're consenting. You're not hurting anybody else. It's okay. Yeah. And, and, and it's and that it's, black and white, in my yeah. opinion. And it's that simple. Yeah. It's, it, it's... But everybody's got their gray areas. But it's it's not what's okay to the rest of the world. It's what's okay for you. Yes. And I think we, we can all agree to disagree that, that, of course, there's emotional hurt you can put onto people. Mm-hmm. But if, if what you're doing is consensual and it's okay, you shouldn't be hurting people. Well, yes. And we could go on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's another tangent. We could go on. Another tangent about it. But it's understanding that you are not responsible for the way someone else reacts because yep. you are not responsible for all of the other outside influences on that person's yes. life or all of the ex- experiences that that person has gone through. Thus they are pulling from when they react to the thing you hear. Yes. So they may be having an emotional muscle memory reaction to something you did to them, but it's, or did around them, whatever that affects them. They're choosing to react that, that way because of something in their past that they may not be healed from. Right. That's not on you. Yep. You are only responsible for your actions. And you can only be responsible for yes. your actions. And you, like, that was something that was big for me, especially in my current relationship, because there is an ex-wife involved in my situ- situation, is that I have to be okay with the things that I do, and I have to understand that it, that even though I might be doing something right or something that I believe is right, other people will not react that way. They, they won't think you're right. They either. won't think I'm right. Mm-hmm. They may not react in a positive way to the things I do, but that's not my problem. That is not on me. As long as I am doing things that are good, that are helping people, not hurting people, as long as my intentions are true right. and, and are not meant to be malicious or anything yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. that's all I can control. Correct. I have to give up control of other people's reactions because I don't know what past, like, things they've been through. I don't know what past influences they have Correct. that they are pulling from in that moment. Right. And control is fallacy anyway. It is 100%. I was just talking about this on a live yesterday. It was that, you know, for me, I, I know that I can only control myself. But if you think, like, so the way it was visualized to me is, like, you have a circle of control. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It's right around you. Um, what I heard a lot in coaching would be when people, like, with anxiety especially, that is things that are beyond your control. I mean, there's facets to Mm -hmm. anxiety for sure. But I have a friend who um, hates being anything but the driver because her level of control that is false, that if she's driving, we're safer. If she's driving, every other external car around her is the smartest driver, the safest driver as well. But if she's in the passenger seat, 
we're going to be in an accident. Everybody's going to hit us. You're going to be the one that's hitting people because you're the driver, not me. That that is that is something I think that people don't really realize where anxiety can come from in that regard in terms of control or, mm-hmm. or OCD because that's why you touch the light bulb 15 times because it's something you can control. It's a ritual because you believe if you do it 14 times, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that is when it's gone way too far. That's when you, it has to, you have to reverse engineer your brain and find out how did you get here. Well, it used to only be 10 taps. It used to only be five. used to only be two. I don't really, what caused it? Okay, so uh, that's that's... <laughs> that's we've important got, we've gotten kind of far away from mm. our main topic of intimacy but yeah it, it's but, it's, but it's all connected it's that all way connected yeah and that's why this gets to feel overwhelming because when you start thinking of one topic or one instance one emotion one experience you will start to see how it has spider webbed or trickled down throughout the rest of your life Correct. and it has it's like darwin yeah it's influenced other reactions in your life other situations in your life so one fight with your father when you were seven all of a sudden now every time you a male figure in your life gets mad at you you cry or something something along those lines absolutely i mean there are so many different things that could have happened in your life that now have have reactions that you're not even recognizing were connected but when you stop to think about it and stop to think i cry anytime i'm in trouble at work like, I, oh, like sure. it's one of those authority, like I let down an authority figure. I, this person is disappointed in me and it is the most infuriating thing because sometimes it's like, I'm not sad right now. It's I'm pissed off at myself or I'm pissed off at you and I don't want to yell at you because I'm going to get fired if I do. So the only reaction that my body lets me do is cry and I have no control. <laughs> like it will, I can't stop it. Like I will just cry for hours. Yeah. And it's infuriating. Yeah. I can understand that. That's for sure. <laughs> Okay, so um, one thing um, I wanted to touch back on real quick was you had talked about earlier, like with your relationship, you had said um, that you guys have disagreements, mm-hmm. and, and that that is in you're in that middle space because sleep people fight constantly yeah. and don't think twice about emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, mm-hmm. whatever. People that are in the middle was where you have already evolved from where you came, mm-hmm. which was not that bad, but fighting. Yes. Um, and then to the disagreement level. And I am coming out of that, which I'm so happy about, because the next level, and I say this just for peace of mind, so power through, do the hard work, have the hard conversations, because when you're in the awareness mode in a relationship, then you recognize the trigger. Mm-hmm. You recognize, husband, the story I'm telling myself is X, Y, and Z. Or, like, most recently for me was, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety, but I'm not sure why. And I, you can tell the difference when it's work-related, when it's intimate-related. So you'll be able to get ahead of it. And as long as your partner is also in personal development, it's such a breeze. Because then it's, what can I do for you? It's not, why are you saying that about me? Whatever. So you have to just stick with it because this is what we're talking about. This is how you end up having the best sex of your life is by having a connection with somebody because you feel that you have a place to land. You mm-hmm. have a safe space to vent. You have a space to be ugly who you you are, but that's that ego. But you have, a, you know, you're going to get judged basically because I just need to talk it. I just need to say it. I just need to burn it and get rid of it because I don't feel this way. I don't mean it. Makes me feel like a terrible person, but I am frustrated right now. So that's my space to just do it, whatever. So power through because it's how you sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. It's how you have gratitude. It's how you appreciate. It's it's how every kiss, touch, hug, 
will be elevated because it means that much more and it's that much more authentic. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It just deepens your connection every time. So get a box of tissues and a big old journal because it's worth it. Okay. Now I was just speaking to my spiritual leader this morning. I was telling justice right before we started. Um, and I had some really great conversations with her about kind of digging through some own anxieties that I'm going through. But again, it relates to whatever level intimacy, spiritual, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and so one of the things I was telling her was that I wanted to cover this topic, but I'm always very nervous about how to broach it because where we come from, you know, we're coached very heavily about, you don't tell your own stories, which I agree. Mm -hmm. Like you want, you, from a sales perspective, you want your clients to envision themselves using the product. Exactly. From a personal side, you definitely don't want to like be in that dream where you're standing in front of a podium and people are envisioning you in your underwear. Also, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't ever talk about like, I don't talk about that kind of thing at my parties, but but it's almost like how do you find the fine line of like how much of personal experience would you share because then people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, the things that I think has been the most powerful tool for me, and this is what I was sharing with her, I was like, do I talk about it? I'm kind of afraid to, but it doesn't matter because it's my story and it worked for me. And I, I have to come from a, like my own sanity of if it's going to help somebody else then whatever mm -hmm. uh, people are going to have their own perceptions and own experiences, but I can own my full story. And, it, and I think that I'm at a place where people are like, I disagree with you. That's fine. Tell me why let's talk it out. Um, I should have the right to, I don't want to say defend my actions because it's my actions. Mm -hmm. I have made them for a reason, whether they were good or bad. And if they were bad, I'm not ashamed of that anymore because I'm not that same person. So, um, the biggest tool for me about getting out of my head and like recognizing these high, these high emotion moments that you're talking about is 100% using cannabis. Because for me, like what I was talking to my leader about this morning was that, you know, I, and we were just talking about, I've never done any drug ever in my life. I've never done anything except for marijuana. And had I done that in a previous life before I had personal development, I, I, I just thank my lucky stars and the universe that that was never an option for me because if I abused food, if I was mentally, uh, you know, very, very poor in very poor health, that could have easily become a problem. Mm -hmm. um, even if I was only doing it for fun with my friends in the beginning. So I'm so unbelievably grateful that marijuana has been the only exposure to an illegal substance that I've done because it's all natural. Okay. This is all opinion. Okay. If you're coming here to get facts and figures and science, you ain't gonna have it. Okay. Because it absolutely started for me, um, in total recreation and, uh, in curiosity, I would say being mm -hmm. in Colorado. Right. Uh, but I was, what I was sharing with her this morning, I was like, I, I, it doesn't matter what form I take it in. If, especially if it's just like a little bit higher dose than like trying to feel mellow and cool. I go to level 10, like in my brain, I come up with like the most crazy questions. I'm like a two year old trying to discover the universe. Like I will say, husband, have you ever thought about this, 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 this? And he's like, I'm just trying to like wear my moon boots. So like, okay. <laughs> like he's like, I don't, you know, he's definitely like couch level. I want to chill and relax. And I'm like, I want to know how you bake a cake and you know that you have to have flour instead of sugar, whatever. Like, you know, I am all over the place. And so that has given me like a, a, obviously a space that when I'm, I'm intimate with my partner, again, whether it's date night or whatever, I can do that in that, that headspace. I can go 
now I'm all of a sudden remembering my boyfriend from seventh grade and why I felt so emotionally broken was because he was the first guy that ever positively gave me attention that I had been seeking from my father all these years. Mm -hmm. This is a revelation that I come up with with some THC in my system, right? So you got to, you got to find what works for you. And to me, I just, I 100% think that that expedited my process because obviously if I wouldn't have had that tool to help me break through the barrier of mm-hmm. feeling insecure, feeling high anxiety, whatever it was, I don't know how long that would have taken me. Um, so there needs to be yurts like in my backyard tomorrow <laughs> and we should be running some retreats. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know. Right. Okay. It's fine. It's okay. Can it's you fine. add that to the Colorado plan? Oh, well, I already have a guest house. There, I, I know. I told the boys I'm going to build a shed and they're like, <laughs> well, there already is a shed. And I was like, done. Yeah. There's a, there's a guest house in the Colorado place. So, um, yeah, I mean, I totally envision retreats with my girlfriends, let alone like with my business, 100%. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to bother the kids and my husband in the house. You know what I mean? So, um, it's crazy to me that I could sit here and think that cannabis changed my life for such the positive when I know it's done such terrible things to other people, but it's, that's my experience. And so, um, you just have to dive in. You have to start asking those questions. You have to start remembering as far back as you can. And there will be moments where like Anderson had said earlier, you might unbury something that you didn't even know was buried. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was, that was for your protection at the time. It was information you couldn't handle that you had no idea how, I mean, it could have pushed you off a ledge. Oh, I mean, I have a great example from today. I had an aha moment that I had a doctor's appointment and when I got done, I was with my boyfriend in the car and I just, I told him, I was like, for so long being an overweight woman, I feel like medical professionals have doubted how serious my pain or sickness has been in the past. So I've walked around with this fear that people around me don't believe me when I say I feel sick or they don't believe me when I say I'm in pain. And it's to the point, like my fear was validated when my gallbladder was inflamed in 2016. And for a month, doctors told me, it's not that bad. Here's some medication. You'll change your diet. You'll be fine. To the point where it exploded. I had necrotizing fasciitis eating away at my liver before they're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, we'll take you serious. So today when I had a doctor's appointment and everything that I thought was real became, was true. Everything was good and fun. Mm -hmm. I was like, I had this, this relief. And he was like, well, well, why do you feel relief? Why did you doubt yourself? And I was like, because up until this point, nobody, there was no proof for me to say, yes, this is really how my body feels. Yes, I really feel sick. Yes, I really feel like I'm in pain today. You can't believe that when I tell, like in my mind, there's no reason for you to believe that when I tell you because medical professionals in the past have not, have not believed me. Mm. So actually having a note from the doctor saying, yes, this is her condition. I'm like, now I have something physical that I can hand you and say, yes, I am sick. Yes, I am in pain. Like, here's my, my doctor's note. It's real now. It's really real. So I had this moment like this, like, oh, like shed this like yeah. years worth of disappointment. It's that weight. I, You're it's, carrying it's, weight. This weight. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this years of medical professionals not believing my whatever in the past or telling me that I was overreacting or overplaying it. Now in real life, I walk around and when I have to tell my boyfriend that I think I have a cold or a flu, I assume that he's going to be like, it's not, not a that deal. Bad. Get exactly. Over it. yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it, I had an aha moment today that I was just like, I felt relief because it wasn't all in my head. Yeah. Basically. It was validated. It was validated. Yes. Um, I actually just had a coaching call with somebody this morning and she was telling me that she recently forgave her father. And I don't know the whole story to that yet, but that's exactly how she described it. She was like, you know, I got to a point where I realized he wasn't going to change. I realized everything I said didn't matter. And I was tired of trying to find my value from him. 
And so I basically just blessed him and said, best of luck to you and called him by his name instead of dad. And, um, and I could tell like, just cause I've known her for years that she, she seemed like she, she's not the same person that I knew back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, how did that feel? And she described it just like that. She was like, it feels like there is a weight gone. And so you just want to anchor that, that statement here today, folks, because that's the thing. That's, that's the trophy. That's the, the validation oh God, that yeah. you completed the race or a final or whatever. And just remember that that's just one part of it. That's just one part of it. But I always remind people that that's why you have to celebrate those wins and successes because it is the anchoring moment for the next Everest because the next Everest will be higher and less air in the altitude. It'll be colder. And like, if you are a journaling type person, cause I definitely am not, but I wish I'm not either. And I wish I was too. Yeah. Write those things down, write down those aha moments, write down those connections that you make that, you know, Oh, I just realized that I feel this way about men because of this experience in my past. Write it down. Write yeah. it down so you can read it and you can remind yourself. Because you won't remember. You you have to give yourself grace that your memory is not as good as you think it is. <laughs> My memory sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it gets worse as you get older. And there's less things that I can hold, house in there at a time. Um, mm-hmm. Like spelling, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not my strong suit. But, um, yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. But it's fine. But that's just part one. This It's just I mean, part one. We're, we're coming to the end of our podcast for the day. Yeah. But this is just part one of a four to five part series. The journaling, of, that's what it was. About how to have the best sex of your life. So yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed, take a deep breath. Ooh, yeah. Remember like that you can- Like three deep breaths, by the way. You can go back four and counts. re-listen to this as many times as you need. Pause it. Make some notes. Make some notes. Back it up 15 seconds. Message us if you have questions or if you need clarification about anything that we talked about. Yeah. We're here for you. Yeah. So um, I had heard Tony Robbins say one time that one of the coolest things that you can think about doing is like, I know it's very intimate to journal your life and that type of regard, but how cool to be able to show your kids. Right. Because you won't remember. I, I can't even remember the appointments I have for today. This is why I live through my Google calendar. So give yourself some grace that you don't have to do it all. And mm-hmm. It, it's a really good story to read later on oh, when yeah. you are living your best life possible and you just have the best sex of your life. And you can be like, thanks, Anderson, and vote. Exactly. Vote. <laughs> Don't call myself my last name. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, like we said, we'll be back next week. Next week in part two, we're going to be covering your first experiences. So not just like the first time you were intimate potentially with somebody. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it, uh, your exposures and memories that you might have about those ideas, thoughts, and values about sex that we cover today. So yes, as Anderson mentioned, please, please, please feel feel free to reach out to either of us if this resonated with you. If you feel like you need a little bit more one-on-one conversation, um, we're here. We're here for sure um, because we want you to have the best sex of your life. So tell them one more time where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook at Photos with Anderson. You can also search for that secret group. Just put the, the word boudoir first boudoir photos with Anderson and friend request me because we like friends. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for our live. Like I said, I think we're making cookies. I'm pretty sure. No sugar added cookies in Tone's kitchen and somebody's going to win them for free if they don't make it to my mouth first. So I <laughs> uh, will do free delivery to you uh, on a night that works best. And on Friday we get to do our delivery for our Chipotle chicken 
right. Fiesta Lime Bowl. Okay. I'm so excited to give it. <laughs> give it away! No beans. She doesn't want any beans. She doesn't like beans. Uh, also, the Beginner's Guide to Wellness, again, for your safety. <laughs> safety. Safe space for vulnerability and growing, especially uh, a lot of what we're doing here today on this podcast. Uh, feminine Energy, 18 years or older, to join in on the Sexual Wellness Intimacy VIP Lounge. And always just follow us on our regular Facebooks, too. Uh, every Monday, I do a live. Did a giveaway for Mother's Day this week, too. Make sure you tell whatever mother figure you have in your life that you love them this weekend especially now they're gonna need it and want it oh yeah yeah fantastic okay well we'll see y'all next wednesday next hump day hopefully it's fantastic for you stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands bye Bye.